Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Conversations That Count podcast. This is your host, David Shaft, coming to you today solo. And it's because I had something very important I wanted to talk about, something I think everyone will find of value and something that is key to communicate. And that topic starts out very simple. I want to talk about the value of wisdom. You can even call it the value of building character. Now, this isn't knowledge, right? This isn't something you can find just by reading books. Now, wise people can put their knowledge into books, but there's a certain level of wisdom that no amount of knowledge will ever buy you. Now, I thought wisdom is important to talk about because especially today, some would say we're fighting a recession. Some would say times are harder than they've ever been. Inflation's higher than it's ever been. We just got done with a pandemic and some of us are just tired and that's okay. So I come to you today because I wanna talk about what all of this can teach you. Now, some of you are gonna say, well, David, none of my history books None of my school books, none of my essays ever talked about wisdom. And they won't. It's something that you have to experience to understand. Now, I think about wisdom all the time because I think back about when times were harder. I remember there being a point where we didn't have a car growing up. So we would stand on the bus stop. And sometimes the bus stop wouldn't come for hours. And we would sit there in the cold. Bus stop wasn't even far from the house. But we would sit there in the cold, right? Because without that bus, we weren't making it down the street to get groceries. Without that bus, we weren't going to make it down so I could go take mixed martial arts classes. Without that bus, we weren't going to be able to get the necessities, to keep the house running, things as simple as toilet paper dish soap, all right, the things you need just to live every single day. And as silly as it may sound, something we learned that it took time and wisdom to figure out, right, maybe even common sense, who knows, is after so many times of sitting on the bus stop being cold, we would take shifts, right, because we would never know, even though the bus stop schedule would say one thing, the bus wouldn't always be on time. So between me my grandma, my little brother, my mother, my little cousins. We would plan it, right? Only one or two of us at a time actually needed to sit on the bus stop. And when the bus finally was on the way, we would call whoever was at the house and whoever was there would have to hold the bus, right? But someone who had never had to ride the bus before would have never figured that out, right? They would have sat there for hours saying the schedule says it's going to be here at this time. Their entire family, right, could have been sitting on the bus saying the bus is going to be here at this time. We realized through sheer perseverance and experience that we didn't all have to sit on the bus stop and wait because even if the bus was going to be late, didn't mean we all had to be cold. So we would take shifts and we would work together, right? Some of the earliest lessons on teamwork wisdom ever taught me. Something else it taught me once we went to step on that bus, if we were ever short on money or quarters, 
right? Because the bus usually didn't accept dollar bills. I think it did once I got older, but especially younger, I'm pretty sure it didn't. We ended up realizing that with the right smile, right? Maybe saying someone's a little younger than they are. So I'm not always saying it's the right thing, but you know, when times are tough, you have to do what you have to do. We would realize that with the right smile, the right kind words, the patience, right? Not being upset when the bus driver finally arrived, like so many other people they would pick up. Instead, just being happy to be on the bus. A lot of the time we could get by with only paying for one to two, even if there were six of us. It would work out fantastic, right? Because at that point, 50 cents, a dollar, that's our bus fare back, all right? If we can save that, we can make it back home without having too much trouble. And all it took sometimes was just a smile or a kind word or a how's your day. We're taking the time to get to know the bus driver. Now, I'm sure you're asking yourself, David, why are you telling me about a bus ride? Well, I'm telling you about this bus ride because it's so much more. And for those of you who have built character and built wisdom, when you listen to that story, you hear a lot more than just some cold kids and their grandma getting on a bus. You hear sales, right? That smile, a few good words. You have to hear some charisma. You have to hear some outside of the box thinking. Again, these are things that wisdom will teach you. No amount of money can buy you. No amount of mentorship can give you some of those hard lessons. Nothing but experience can teach you what wisdom can. Now, fast forward to today, right? God has blessed me. I have a few cars, a nice house. No longer walking or waiting on the bus. But I take those lessons with me everywhere I go. What a smile can do, or I hope you're doing well, or how are you today, can change someone's life. And it's never going to hurt you. Now, that's something wisdom. That's something experience. And that's something pain taught me, is that everyone in this world is hurting. And that needs to come across when you speak to everyone around you. When you talk to someone, wisdom will teach you that they're probably not having a great way to go. They're probably struggling just like you're struggling. No matter what they drive, no matter where they live, no matter how much they make, you come to learn everyone is struggling with something. And if you just smile, you speak to others with kindness and respect, the same respect you'd like to receive, you realize you can actually get through life a lot faster. So I started looking for something more than asking or praying for more money or more success. What I started asking for was the wisdom to know how to use my skills and talents for a higher purpose, for something more important. Now, I think speaking to everyone out there is that higher purpose, teaching others, coaching others, helping others, something the hard times taught me is when I started becoming a banker, I started helping people finance their homes. It showed me that you don't have to be riding the bus to be struggling, right? Majority of America is in debt. The average American has 60,000 plus debt. 
and credit cards and car loans. People are struggling. And I learned that if you listen, you smile, you treat people with kindness and respect, they actually start talking to you and they'll tell you the truth. They'll tell you what they're going through and they'll even tell you how to help them. So I learned that when you're working, when you're serving people, when you're helping people, you're really helping them, right? As a salesperson, I learned that people were providing me problems. They weren't looking to be sold. They were looking to have their problem solved. And that's when life started to change for me. Instead of seeing opportunities only to make money, I started seeing problems in the world. And I started wondering, well, how can I solve those problems? Right? This goes all the way back to the bus stop and us trying to figure out how can we all not be cold? How can we maybe make it down the street and pay a little bit less so we can make it back? Or maybe get that extra loaf of bread. Or maybe get that extra gallon of milk. Right? And sometimes that problem that someone's going through is they just need a little bit of kindness. Sometimes that problem is larger and they need a way out of financial hardship and financial debt. Right? That problem is different for everyone. And sometimes it's the same. Right? It's very tricky. Because at the end of the day, as much as everyone likes to think that we're all so different and no one is alike, no matter what your race is, your creed, your ethnicity, your religion, at the end of the day, you're a person with real problems. And again, wisdom and character has taught me, whether it be riding the bus, whether it's driving to an office every single day, whether it's getting to speak to individuals like yourself interview highly successful millionaires and influential people, it has taught me that at the end of the day, we're all much similar than what we'd like to think. The only difference is that the people who bought, who paid the price for wisdom and to build character is that they made sure that the price they paid, they received something for it. Because at the end of the day, no matter who you are, you've had to struggle and try to get where, you be, where you've gotten. There's a saying, I'll probably give you a few, but this one at least to start, is show me the son of a great man who is also a great man. It's going to be very rare because at the end of the day, to become truly great, you have to struggle. Most millionaires are self-made. And by that, I mean that they've had to earn their wealth in the majority of cases because they had to build that character first. Different saying, and some of you have probably heard this, if you were to take all the money in the world and divide it equally, it would quickly end up in the hands of everyone who already had it before. And the reason being is that as much as we all want instant gratification, we all want the money right now, if you were to give a million dollars to Warren Buffett versus giving it to someone on the street who's homeless, right? Who may have even been successful at a point. Either way, if you were to give a million dollars, that's all Warren Buffett had to start with. And you were to give it to someone who's homeless on the street. That person who's homeless would probably end up without it very quickly. And Warren Buffett would probably end up right back to being a billionaire. 
strictly because he's had to struggle and learn and gain the knowledge to maintain his wealth. Now, I know how do you probably say that's a drastic example, but it's an example I'm sure everyone can understand and relate to. A lot of the time in life, we think the biggest problem is that we don't have enough money. And I'm here to tell you that's actually not the case. I've worked and had clients who are multimillionaires. The only problem is they run out of that money as quick as they make it. I'll never forget I had this client who was a highly successful lawyer, worked on Wall Street. He was bringing home about $500,000 a year. He had about $2 million in the bank, a little over another million in his 401k. Now, when I was early on, I thought, wow, that's so much money. I can't help this guy. I can't solve his problems. His problems are larger than I've ever seen. But I had a mentor that communicated it to me very, very simply. He said, this guy needs just as much, much help as anyone else. Because at the end of the day, yes, he makes 500000 a year. But if he were to be out of work tomorrow, he'd have enough money left to make it between the $2 million in his account. That would only make him about four, I would only allow him to live about four years based on his current lifestyle. And the million in his 401k, right? Assuming he didn't have to withdraw it early. And he got to maximize the entire thing, right? No capital gains tax. That would only buy him another year. Well, two years. So in reality, even though he was making a lot of money in comparison to the average individual. He was not making enough to maintain his lifestyle. And in turn, I was able to help him. We figured out a way to pay off his debt, get him financially free again, and make his money start working for him. So again, I can't stress it enough. Don't think just because you see someone has a high paycheck means that they're living financially free. Sometimes they have the largest financial burden of all because we often make the money just so we can spend it. And again, that's something wisdom and character will teach you. It will teach you that it's okay to go without. As much as I like what I've been able to acquire, what I have, I've learned what it's like not to have it. And so at the end of the day, I do everything I can to avoid being in that situation, but I never need to overindulge to prove that I have it because I've not had it before. Now, that takes me to another quote. And this is something that hit me really, really hard. And I think it's going to make better people out of all of us, especially with the situation the world is in right now. Hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. And weak men create hard times. Now, right now, we're going through a hard time. Now, whether that is because of weak choices, weak individuals, weak lifestyles, it doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, we are here. Now, it takes me back again to me riding on that bus. Now I'm in a situation where I don't have to ride the bus because I was forced to become strong and I was forced to survive and build character, as many of us have. So I've been able to create good times for my family and the people I care about and love. And I've even been able to help others create good times for themselves. Now, the only thing is that I always have to be careful because I don't want to create weak individuals in my family either by alleviating a lot of those problems and burdens. And wisdom has taught me that. Wisdom has taught me 
that at the end of the day, all it takes is a decision to create poverty. Poverty is not simply how much you make. Poverty is a way that you think. It's a way that you live. It's a way that you behave. Poverty is something that is internal. Poverty can never be on the outside. I could have no money in the bank and I will still be wealthy because I will do everything I can to maintain my health and I will use the knowledge I've acquired to make more money. That is the thing is once you've acquired wisdom and you've acquired knowledge, money is no longer hard to get because you have the knowledge on how to get it again. You have the skills that cannot be taken away. The reason that most people who win the lottery become destitute after a year is because they did not have to build any character or knowledge to gain that wealth. It was just handed to them. So they have no idea how to manage it or create more from it. So I tell everyone this because I want you to look at where you are right now, right? And I can guarantee a lot of people listening to this are not where they want to be. And that's okay. Might not even be close to where you want to be. In fact, you might be in the exact opposite spot. But the good news is it has allowed you to build character and to build wisdom. It's allowed you to learn what it's like to really struggle. So now in pursuit of wealth, when it gets really hard, you're not gonna be the one that gives up because you'll remember those times of riding the bus. You'll remember those times of not having groceries. And you'll say, well, these problems with my company, with my business, they're nothing because I've been hungry. I've been hungry my entire life and I'm still starving. There's not enough food that can feed me. There's not enough money to fill my bank account. There's not enough problems in the world to stop me. Because when you've really been at the bottom, there's nowhere to go but up. And that's okay to reach the bottom. We've all been there. The truly successful, they've been at rock bottom. Sometimes they still visit it. Sometimes they still get there. Because sometimes they feel rock bottom inside. And then they have to remember that's okay because I've been here before. This isn't my first time being at rock bottom. Now, I want to tell you a story. And it's a biblical story. That's not the important part, though. Doesn't matter what you believe. Because at the end of the day, the story still translates the same way the quotes do. So I'm going to tell you a story about a man named Solomon the Wise. A lot of you have heard of him. A lot of you have heard his stories. And there are a lot of figures in other religions that are relatable, but Solomon the Wise is the one I'm familiar with. So I'm gonna tell you the abbreviated version and something he taught me. So something that he prayed for, while a lot of kings would pray for power, they would pray for wealth, they would even pray for blessings. All Solomon the wise asked for is he asked for the wisdom to be able to govern God's people. Now, again, I'm paraphrasing, right? This is just off the top of my head. But he would ask for the wisdom to govern God's people. And I'm sure a lot of you are like, well, he probably made wisdom. He probably made Solomon extremely intelligent. Because God did make a promise after that, that because Solomon only asked for wisdom, you would make him the wealthiest and most powerful king to ever live. 
Now, I'm sure some of you imagine a figure from above waving a giant hand and saying, I, he's now the smartest person ever lived, but that's not actually how it worked. What God did is he provided Solomon problems to solve. He gave him problems. He gave him every single problem possible. In fact, there's a specific problem that sticks with me that I think about all the time. And it's when two women come to Solomon, each with a baby. One is, one's baby is alive. One's baby has passed. And each one is saying that the baby that is alive is their baby. Now, this is before DNA test. So Maury isn't going to come on and say, you are not the mother. <laughs> That's not going to happen. So instead, Solomon, he has to think very outside of the box and get very creative. And he says, how about this? We'll cut the baby in half, the one that's alive, and give each of you half of it. Now, I'm sure a lot of you out there are mortified, and you should be. <laughs> it's very graphic. And one of the women was mortified, and she said, no, please don't do that. Give her my baby. I'm perfectly fine with her keeping the baby. Give her the baby. I don't want it. As long as the baby lives. While the other woman said, no, I'm fine with it. It's my child. I'm fine if you cut it in half. Do what you will, because I say it's okay. Again, paraphrasing the story, giving you the Spark Notes version. And I'm sure all of you could figure out that Solomon gave the baby to the mother that didn't want the baby hurt. And he said, that's the mother. Now, granted, who will ever truly know if that was the mother? I would say it probably was. But no matter what, that woman was more fit to be the mother either way. And this isn't something where God gave Solomon the answer. Solomon solved as many problems for his people, just like that as he possibly could, because I want you to imagine a king sitting there sorting out this civil issue, this small civil issue, right? That's like the president of the United States trying to decide where a property fence should go. You're not going to see it happen, right? There's layers of there's layers below the president before that decision is made. It's not going to happen. But Solomon, in pursuit of being the wisest king to ever live, no problem was too small and no problem was too big. So the way he became the most powerful king is not because it was given to him. It is because he solved problem after problem. So I encourage you, whatever problems you're faced with, I encourage you not to sit there and pout and cry in them. I encourage you, same way I encourage myself every single day, look for a solution. Because to every problem, there is only a solution. There is only ever a solution. The problem is either going to stay or you're going to solve it. I guarantee you, though, there's a solution to that problem. I don't know what it is. We all have different problems. But the truly successful have realized that to every problem, there is a solution, right? If you're out of shape, you can go to the gym. You can get in shape. If you don't feel you're smart enough, there are books you can read. You can gain knowledge. If you want more mentors, there's more resources than ever to reach out to successful people. And someone is going to reach back and mentor you. You don't have enough money. There's more than one way especially now, to make more money. Whatever it is, there's a solution. 
So again, wisdom is the knowledge that to every problem, there is a solution in being able to figure that out. And that wisdom is only found through hardship, through character, through tough times, because those tough times is what's truly going to make you great. So embrace it. When things are hard, smile. I've realized that when things were the hardest, sometimes it was the best because I came up with my best ideas. I acted in ways that it's tough to act when you have everything to lose. When you truly reach the rock bottom, you realize there's so much less to lose and everything out there to gain and to take and to become truly successful from. So I challenge everyone, embrace the tough times. Take it as an opportunity to build character and build wisdom. The harder you make those tough times, the harder they're going to be. But if instead you smile and say, this is an opportunity for me to learn more than I've ever learned, that's exactly what's going to happen. So again, thank you for taking the time. I hope you've gained a lot of knowledge from this. I look forward to you tuning in to next week's episode. Next week, as always, we'll be doing an interview, just like the previous week. And after that, I'll come and I'll bring you as much knowledge as I can from my own storehouse. With that being said, this is David Schaff with the Conversations That Count podcast, syndicated to the Mission Matters Network. I look forward to meeting with you all again. Thank you for your time. Thank you for working with me. Thank you for becoming the best you can be. Now let's all become an amazing communicator. Embrace those tough times. It'll make you more relatable, able to solve problems and help other people solve problems when you speak to them. So to me, this counted. I hope it counted for you. Have a great day.